4: Welcome
2: to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good
5: afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. The Tuesday edition. Kath is away, uh, and uh, she'll be back um, probably Friday this week. I remember being a little kid. You go back to, like, your earliest memories as a child. Would you love to do that, sort of open up your brain and try to dive in there and see where it takes you? So one of my earliest memories is me being a little boy. I bet you I was three or four years old and being at my grandparents' house and seeing my grandfather, which is, this was, you know, he was a worker. He was, you know, like a lot of guys, my grandfather worked in the railroad, but, you know, as he grew older, he took to the couch. And one of my earliest memories is often seeing my grandfather lying on the couch, sort of sitting up and reading Time magazine. Now, as a boy, as a four-year-old boy, I didn't know what Time magazine was, but I knew that what he was doing somehow with that magazine up in front of his face, and maybe, you know, there was Khrushchev or Nixon or whomever, whoever was featured on Time magazine that week, that looked important to me. That looked like something beyond me. And I remember, you know, he would pull the magazine down and play a little game with me, sort of play peekaboo. And then, more often than not, he'd wave me over, and I'd come and sit by his side. And he'd say, and he'd hold up the magazine and twist it around. He'd say, this is nothing. And then he'd hug me. And you are everything. This is nothing. This news, he was saying. And you are everything. And I often think about that. I mean, that has been many decades ago. But as we follow along with the news, I was thinking about this as I was off the last few days. Um. I don't think the news, and I know this is sort of verboten, but many times I don't think the news really matters. And more often than not, I do believe that the daily consumption of news is bad for our spiritual selves, that it separates us. For me, just personally, the the news makes me dark. The daily news makes me snarky. The daily news makes me anxious. And more importantly, the news, not to be super spiritual, but of course we are, the news separates me from God. And I don't want things to be, you know, always sun showers, sunshine and roses. Of course not. I see the world and I know how broken and, and powerfully bad it is. All I've got to do is look, in the, look at the condition of my own heart. I see that. And reading the news or watching the news or following along, and especially in this age we live in, and I know you know this, whether it's you, yourself, or people that you know and love, we are addicted to that. And it does something to us spiritually. My Bible reading this morning was Mark 7, Mark 7, 1 through 8. And in it, uh, the the short version of it is that Jesus and his followers are, are eating, And the Pharisees see them eating apparently without cleaning their hands. And, of course, you know, that's against many of the laws that the Pharisees have produced. And the Pharisees call them out and say, hey, what's wrong with you? You know, you eat with defiled hands. And Jesus, you know, he comes back at them and says, Isaiah prophesies rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God, and hold to human tradition. And I, I was thinking about that, you know, throughout the day, because as I start my day, more often than not, <laughs> more often than not, my wife she she rises before I do, and I know that she's downstairs and she's in her in her in the Word, and she's doing a reading, and me I'll get up and you know. Go and turn on the radio upstairs and listen to to the news. I want to catch up with the news because this is part of who we are. And I think, oh, she's so much better off than I am. So much better off. Anyway, I just bring this up because I think about this and I know the darkness that surrounds us. And, of course, you know, I'll say to my wife, hey, you know, uh, what about uh, what happened in Iowa? And she'll give me a look and like, uh, and I should know better. I know that she's not following along. She just doesn't care. She doesn't. He doesn't follow along with the news. And there I am, just you know, like you probably. I consume it like it's my only thing in my life. And ultimately, I know it's bad. That news is bad for me, for us. And giving it up, I bet, makes us happier. It's bad for our health. It leads to fear and aggression. It hinders our creativity, our ability to think deeply. So I'm not telling you, you know <laughs> to stop tuning in here or to stop reading the news, but I just know it is painful. It is painful. Anyway, we've got a good show for you today. Uh, Kath is not here, and uh, I'm under legal obligation to tell you portions of today's Ride Home with John and Kathy have been pre recorded. Now, before Kath left, we uh, went and uh, did a lot of different uh, guests and pre recorded those. So we're going to play some of those back. Now, this is a, a conversation we had with Hugh Ross, and uh, Hugh Ross has been a regular on our show for many years. Uh, Hugh Ross, he is autistic. And uh, this is something we've aired once before. It's a fascinating story about a man late in his life, essentially, in his 50s, discovering that he is autistic and what that meant for him as he looks back. So don't miss that, won't you? Stick around. This is The Ride Home with John and Kathy. We'll take a quick break. And uh, back in a few minutes, we're going to talk with Hugh Ross about that and many other things throughout the day. Always happy that you're with us. Turn the radio on. Stay with us.
6: Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, Cobra. Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Because they know how to design the plans, most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 and on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. 101.5
7: 101.5 WORD. Passion,
2: conviction, verve. Those are traits we've come to expect from Chuck Swindoll. He loves God's Word, head on Insight for Living. I would die for it. I would stand up against anybody for the truth. And that kind of enthusiasm is contagious. Hear the series called Wise Counsel for Troubled Times, Monday through Friday on
4: Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on
0: 101.5 WORD.
4: The following is not an actor, but a real life story from Trinity Debt Management.
8: I had a lot of credit card debt and I couldn't pay my bills. I was feeling so bad. I got to a point where I needed some help. So I reached out and contacted Trinity. If
4: you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at one 800 936 to talk to a certified counselor.
8: They were able to take all of my different payments and put them all together.
4: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
8: And they were actually able to work with my creditors. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000 in the last 18 months.
4: If your debt has you down, call Trinity at one 800 9365496
8: My name is Stephanie and I'm debt free for keeps.
4: 2020 is the year your
3: business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers.
5: Over the past 10 years or so, there has been a lot of conversation, a lot of material out there about autism or Asperger's. And, And I think before that, it's fair to say that as part of public consciousness in America or discussion or just awareness that people didn't know what autism was and now we are awash in new information about that. The fact of the matter is you may know people who are autistic or have Asperger's syndrome. Uh, such is the case with uh, with our guest, Hugh Ross. Hugh, if you've listened to our show for any amount of time, has been a fairly regular guest on our show. He's one of the most amazing guys that we've ever had with us. Probably uh, our, our most popular guest, I would say. Hugh is a, a, an astrophysicist. He is a Christian apologist, a prominent uh, old earth creationist, and is the founder of an excellent organization called Reasons to Believe. Hugh joins us as we talk about the latest uh, discoveries in outer space, and I'm sure at some point in our conversation, we'll talk about Pluto. But today, we want to take a more personal track and talk with Hugh about his life and um, his place on the autism spectrum. So without any further ado, we welcome back to the Word of M Waves. Dr. Hugh Ross. Hugh, welcome back, sir. How are you? I'm
9: uh, doing really well. Thank you.
6: Hugh, let's start first by talking about the autism spectrum. What is it and how does it affect people?
9: Well, it's a broad spectrum. Everybody in this spectrum is different from everybody else on the spectrum, so you can't put them all in one little box. Uh, but they all struggle with social interaction. They all struggle uh, with reading body language. Uh, they have trouble expressing their emotions or even sensing their emotions. And so uh, sociability is a real challenge for them. Uh, on the other hand, uh, each one, especially those who are relatively high IQ, typically will have gifts that normal neurotypical people do not possess. And so. But it can be a struggle for them to find out what their real special talent is. It can take years.
5: So, Hugh, personally, are you yourself autistic?
9: Yes, uh, I'm, I'm usually labeled as uh, Asperger's syndrome, uh, but yeah, I'm way up on the spectrum, and uh, it was a real struggle for me growing up, and it's been a struggle for me being a parent.
6: Hugh, talk then about your childhood. Did you Were you assessed as being on the autism spectrum as a young boy?
9: No, uh, I grew up way before they even knew what it was all about. And uh, so I was kind of thrown into the public school mix, and it was sink or swim. Uh, The one thing that was helpful for me, however, is I was educated in an immigrant part of Vancouver, British Columbia, Hmm. so I was with a lot of children who were learning English, so my uh, language skills or language handicap skills uh, weren't as noticeable. I was also around a lot of children who were very bright and very bookish, So I was able to fit in a little more than, say, people who are in a more typical situation. Uh, But it was still a great struggle. I I didn't talk when I went to grade one, and I couldn't hold a pencil because I really lacked fine motor uh, coordination. Uh, So I was actually failing uh, grade one because I couldn't prove that I could do the math because I just couldn't hold the pencil properly. I couldn't make letters to show that I could actually read. And uh, because of my language uh, inabilities. I wasn't able to read out of books, Uh, but there was a a teacher. I only had her for six weeks, and uh, she could see the frustration on my face. She held me after school and said, you don't have to talk. Just nod your head or shake your head. I'm going to ask you questions about all these books on my table. She figured out that I'd read the books, Hmm. and she said, I'm going to pass you into grade two. Well, she did pass me into grade two, but I was passed at the bottom of the class in Canada at the time where you sat in the classroom was based on your academic ranking so here I was in grade two in the last chair and all the other kids would make fun of me and say that's the dummy back there and I was terrible in sports because I liked uh, you know the coordination of my muscles so I basically said I got to get out of this last chair
6: so, Hugh, go back then to what your life was like before school. Did your parents recognize that you, that you were um, held back in any way? They, they knew you weren't talking, right?
9: Well, I knew three words. I knew no a yes, no, and cookie. You can get pretty far <laughs> with those three words.
6: <laughs> yes, and it wasn't can. that
9: I couldn't talk. It's that every time I did talk, I would get punished because I would be very blunt. I would say, Mom, look at that really fat lady. And the lady, of course, would hear me, and my parents would be embarrassed. Uh, or I would, you know, I, I was just too blunt. And so I basically figured out if I'm going to survive, I better keep my mouth shut. Wow. And so I just became very quiet. I knew everybody was saying, of course. Uh, but it was tough on my parents because all their friends said I was mentally retarded and basically were recommending that I'd be put in an institution. My parents, however, uh, resisted. They said, We know there's something special. Our son's been doing experiments all on his own since he's been two or three years of age. Look at the way he plays. He's not retarded. uh, But all the friends insisted that I was. Uh, So that's why they said, you know, we're going to put him in kindergarten. I didn't survive kindergarten very well. I was picked on. I was bullied. And it wasn't really until I got into grade two that I was able to finally hold a pencil. I mean, I actually spent like two or three hours a day practicing how to hold a pencil after school. Uh, My parents thought I had some kind of uh, addictive personality, the way I was focusing on that pencil. But finally, by the end of grade two, I could make numbers and letters and prove that I could do the math and that I could understand uh, what I was reading. And literally by the end of grade two, I was in the first chair.
5: So you, at the age of five, six, seven, eight, you were essentially a prisoner inside your own body because you had the wherewithal, obviously you had the intellectual heft, but you weren't able to express it or use it, whether it was tactile, holding a pencil, or through communication skills.
9: Well, it was more that I was afraid to use it because I knew if I started talking, I would get myself into trouble. I see. And also, I was trying to stay away from the bullies because I wasn't very big and I was very clumsy, couldn't control my body well. So I was basically trying to survive, and um, but you know after a while I figured out there's some ways I can compensate, and so for example with the physical thing I said I'm not coordinated, but at least I can get into good physical shape, and that's how I discovered the joy of climbing mountains. Wow!
6: So now wait, you you started using um, you said you were not able to to get into organized sports or function well in the gym class because you weren't coordinated. So you said, though, that you started walking. What did that look like?
9: Well, I said, you know, the way I can compensate for my lack of coordination is just to get into better physical shape than the rest of my peers. And so by high school, uh, I was playing uh, rugby because that's a sport where you got to run 90 minutes nonstop. Wow. And I had the stamina to be able to run throughout the entire game. So I was able to do that. Uh, But baseball, forget it. There's just too much standing around and my physical conditioning that was of no benefit at all. Hmm. And also, uh, I was in a poor family, so uh, I really enjoyed the outdoors. Uh, But in order to get to those outdoors, I had to walk. Uh, But by my teenage years, it was no big deal for me to walk 40 or 50 miles a day. Holy
6: 40 or 50 miles a day?
9: Well, keep in mind, we had long days in the summer because the sun doesn't go down too really late, so I could literally uh, walk for, you know, 15, 16 hours.
5: And your parents, they were, you were gone.
9: Well, what was interesting is that here I was in grade two, went on a field trip to the Vancouver Public Library, which is a very well stocked library, and so I just asked my parents, you know, tell me how to get there by bus. And they said, well, you have to do three transfers. And so they would actually let me leave the house on Saturday morning, take the bus to the library, spend all day there, and come home with five books on physics and astronomy. And that's how I spent my Saturdays. Uh, Nowadays, parents would never allow their children to go out on their own at that age. uh, But it was typical back then.
5: Outstanding. So, Hugh, at some point in your life, whether it was through the communication and holding the pencil and, and... there had to be a moment where there was a breakthrough. Was there a sort of a, a light bulb moment, or was there a, a slow progression into unlocking yourself?
9: Well, it was discovering books. I mean, again, I was raised in a poor home. There were not books in our home. And uh, going to school and seeing the books in the library, and especially going to the Vancouver Public Library that had millions of volumes, it's like it just opened up a whole new life for me. Um, because the way I'm uh, structured is it's very hard for me to receive information through audio, but uh, visual. Uh, I just have really good visual learning skills, so there's no problem for me to, you know, literally read five books on physics and astronomy. week. And by the way, even at my age, I can still remember those books I read when I was seven, eight, nine years of age. Is
6: that right? So, Hugh, when you were... When you were getting those books out on physics and astronomy, why did you pick those subjects?
9: Well, um, I was seven years of age, and uh, you know the, the stars came out one night in Vancouver. Rather unusual, given all the rain they get. But I was walking with my parents, and I said, those stars, are they hot? And they said, yes, they're hot. And I said, I want to know why they're hot. They said, go to the library. And so they were the ones that basically told mm-hmm. me how to get there by bus, And they were rather shocked that I came over five books on uh, the physics of stars. But I figured out why the stars were hot, and then I just got really drawn into that. And that's typical of people who are on the spectrum. There's usually a subject that they're very uh, interested in. In fact, what I tell parents, if your child is on the spectrum and is high-functioning, what you want to do is at a very early age, expose them to college-level material and just see what clicks. Mm-hmm. There'll be one subject where the student just really takes off, and then you can encourage him in that particular area. Uh, but what's was interesting about my parents, they thought I was getting too interested in astronomy and physics, and so they kept trying to steer me into history, into geography, uh, into evolutionary biology, uh, and that was actually helpful for me because I wound up in my growing up years getting a well-rounded uh, education in history, geography, and particularly the sciences. Uh, but my passion was always physics and astronomy.
5: We're speaking with Hugh Ross. Hugh is an astrophysicist, an apologist, a prominent Earth, old Earth creationist, the founder of Reasons to Believe.
6: Hugh, what about books around your home, your childhood home? Were your parents readers? Uh,
9: well, they were just too poor to have a lot of books. I mean, my mother was a nurse, so she had some nursing books left over from our nursing days and i wasn't too much into that um and then we moved from one house to another house and the new house we moved into the previous owners left behind a copy of uh david copperfield huh. so here i was uh, barely six years of age and i was reading david copperfield it was the only book available uh but i said i really don't like this fiction i, I really want the non-fiction And that's often true, too, of people on the spectrum. They really gravitate to nonfiction.
5: That's interesting. From Reasons to Believe, Hugh Ross is with us. We need to take a quick break. We're talking about Hugh on the scale of autistic to uh, Asperger's. And Hugh, just a fascinating learned man. Information about Hugh on our Facebook page, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Reasons to Believe. But stay with us. Our conversation with Hugh Ross continues in just a minute.
10: Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the U.S. carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. And for a record 10 years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com.
1: For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rates subject to change. Pay 2% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states and MLS number 3030.
8: When you're searching for a new mattress, you may be faced with the choice between a traditional inner spring or memory foam mattress. But you don't have to choose. You can get the active support of a high quality inner spring with the comfort of memory foam in the new hybrid mattresses from the Original Mattress Factory. With two new hand built hybrid models to choose from, you can expect the latest in sleep innovation at the same high quality and factory direct pricing you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
11: When the original Mattress Factory first opened for business, we offered mattresses that were the same quality as the mainstream brands, but at a fraction of the cost. Our Factory Direct model made it easy for customers to understand they were getting a great value. But over the last few decades, the mainstream mattress brands have made major cuts to quality, while the original Mattress Factory's quality has only improved. And we still cost less than those other brands. We know that all sounds too good to be true. That's why we're inviting you to stop by one of our stores or factory locations to see the original mattress factory difference for yourself. The message, Liberty Mutual Insurance customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need, is brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance, where you can customize your coverage so you only pay for what you need.
1: Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. I've lost 25 pounds since Christmas.
0: This Valentine's Day, FN presents Date Night with comedian Marty Simpson. I
11: gained 18, so it's like net 7.
0: A night to laugh as a couple,
11: February 14th. Your body changes the minute you turn 40 years old, am I right? At Christchurch at Crow Farm in Sewickley. I separated my shoulder on my 40th birthday. I walked around the entire day in a shoulder sling. Everybody was like, Marty, how'd you separate your shoulder? And I was like, tucking in my shirt.
0: General admission, just $30 at Wordfn.com slash date night. This is
6: Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
7: We are everywhere.
6: On your radio at
7: 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app,
12: iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. Tonight, becoming partly cloudy with a low 28. Tomorrow, becoming cloudy with a bit of rain and sleet late in the afternoon with a high 39. Tomorrow night, rain with a low 33. Thursday, cloudy with a couple of rain or snow showers and a high of 38. And on Friday, times of clouds and sun with a couple of flurries and a high 21. With your AccuWeather Forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
0: How about a little less arguing and a lot more talking? You've tuned to the right place. The John and Kathy Show continues on 101.5
6: WORD.
5: From Reasons to Believe, where Hugh Ross is the president, the founder, astrophysicist, Dr. Hugh Ross joins us today.
6: Hugh, talk about how your place and the autism spectrum affected you as you were in high school. You mentioned the difficulties that you had. You didn't speak. You didn't know how to use a pencil, um, couldn't interact when you first started elementary school. What about when you hit your teen years?
9: Well, I was doing fine academically. I was able to talk to my peers. I was able to join a lot of uh, you know academic clubs, uh, but I realized I was having really big problems uh, especially on one-on-one and one and 2 relationships, my social skills uh, were really handicapped. Uh, but again, I'm not knowing anything about autism, I just said I got to find some way to compensate. So, starting at age 16, I said I'm going to try public speaking. It was terrifying for me, but I figured I got to do this if so I'm ever going to gain any social skills so that I can communicate. So, starting at age 16. I began uh, giving uh, public lectures at the, at the university, uh, and then as I moved on into college, I realized, okay, uh, that's where I became a Christian. And when I became a Christian, recognized that part of being a Christian is being committed to share the gospel faith with people who don't yet know Him as the Lord and Savior. And says, I got to find some way to be able to relate to people one on one. And uh, that proved to be the biggest challenge of all. Uh, and so, for example, uh, my, when I would talk to people, I wouldn't look at them. I would just stare at the floor. And uh, part of the problem, too, is that when I got into university and went on and did my research and wound up at Caltech, I felt more and more I was around people just like me. Hmm. For some reason, astronomy tends to attract people on the spectrum. And so I remember being at Caltech That's interesting. and... Uh, yeah we'd be talking and every one of us would be staring at the floor and not looking at one another <laughs> and we thought we were all normal we thought the rest of the world was abnormal
5: that's funny that's
9: good
6: so what so is it about what is it about astronomy and physics that that attracts people on the spectrum
9: well i remember coming into the university of british columbia and uh, you know they they had a very high failure rate at that time they literally would fail half the people every year and so they would basically say before you enter you have to be interviewed by a psychologist. The psychologist looked at all my test scores, and this is what he said. You'll be successful at anything you pursue academically on one condition, that it not involve people. And I told him I was going into astronomy. He says, that's perfect. You won't have to engage people at all. All you need to do is just study the stars. So maybe that explains why astronomy has so many of us on the spectrum. That's fascinating.
5: So you go back then. When you first found Jesus in your life, in some ways, because you were autistic or uh, had Asperger's, that changed you in some way because you wanted to be able to evangelize, to speak to people about Christ, so you had to change yourself. How did that work?
9: Well, it was, it was a problem. I mean, I found out, okay, um, maybe I, I had a real problem trying to share my faith with people I knew well, so I'm going to try it on strangers, because strangers won't have as great a social expectation. And right away I began to see numerous strangers coming to faith in Christ, uh, but I also realized I need to be able to talk to people I know as well. And uh, so I started going to Bible studies, and uh, I met people there who were willing to help me be able to engage people more. You The first thing they told me is, you got to look people in the eye once in a while. So I started doing that, and then they came to me and said, you know, you just stared at that person nonstop for 30 minutes. That really makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> and I've literally had a lifelong struggle trying to figure out how to control my eyes. And if I think about it, I can get the kind of eye control that's normal. However, then I lose track of what I'm supposed to be communicating. <laughs> I mean, the rest of you, it's just automatic. For me, i got to think about where my eyes are supposed
5: to be. Yeah, You know, Hugh. You, you, you came to Pittsburgh uh, for our audience. Hugh was in Pittsburgh, what, three years or so ago, and uh, he spoke at uh, Belfield Presbyterian Church, spent the weekend, and, and I had some time to spend alone with you, Hugh, and we, we, had, we shared lunch together, and during the course of our conversation early on in our lunch, you said to me, hey, I have Asperger's, and you know what, you told me that. I immediately relaxed because I I had trouble communicating with you. And I thought, John, what's the problem with you? You know, here you make your living as a communicator and we weren't able to find a common ground. But when you told me that you had Asperger's, it helped me tremendously just to see you as you were and not try to, you know, engage in anything deeper. We just had a conversation after that point. I think it was dependent upon my relaxation, knowing something intimate about you. So what about that? When you speak now, is this, um, is this a passport for you to be freer with yourself by being transparent about Asperger's or, or having, uh, being somewhere on the uh, autism scale?
9: I usually only reveal that if people ask because I figure, you know, I don't want people uh, thinking about that instead of the message I'm speaking on. Yes. So I, I typically don't reveal it. But if people just say, hey, you know, are you on the spectrum? I don't try to hide it i just you know i'm very open about it and i found that it really helped uh, with my sons because when they were teenagers i really struggled trying to be a father to them
5: in what way how, how did that change
9: well they they kept thinking you know dad doesn't really like us because they would see a scowl on my face all the time mm-hmm. and what they realized is that scowl really gets intense when i'm reading uh, the scientific literature and they said, Dad, do you t- get that expression on your face when you're thinking? I said, yeah, yeah, exactly. They said, so, so you don't hate us? Oh, no, 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 I love you. Uh, and so now that our sons understand what autism and Asperger's is all about, we have a great relationship. I had a great relationship when they were babies because one thing I've noticed about those of us in the spectrum, we have a way with animals and little children. It's everybody else we struggle with. Hmm. Uh, but it also helps now that my sons have actually read up on this and realized, okay, our dad can't do these things, and also been able to tell him, it's not that I don't have emotions or feelings, but they're delayed. And this has helped me in debates, because I'll be debating somebody that is very nasty towards me. I won't notice it for another two hours, and by that time, the debate is over.
5: <laughs> that's good. I so wait, So then go about that, and how does that help you in your marriage?
9: Well, it was a struggle. I mean, uh, you know, my wife's a Christian, and uh, she was, you know, I think what made it work, the highest commitment for my wife and myself has been her ministry and her ministry partnership. So whatever problems we had uh, communicating with one another, it's like, hey, the ministry is top priority. And I actually do that when I marry couples now. I take them back to Genesis 2. And says when god introduced he to adam he said here is your head there it's a hebrew word that means here is your military ally often translated helper but it really means military ally wow. so what i share with couples getting married if both of you are committed for battle against the evil one and to minister for the lord it won't matter what your differences are as long as you remain committed to the purpose for which God has brought you together as husband and wife, your marriage will get stronger and stronger. So, my wife's comment is that uh, the two of us have 39 different modes of incompatibility. But because of all that incompatibility, we never get bored with one another.
11: (laughs) I like it.
6: I like it. That's Dr. Hugh Ross. Hugh is is an astrophysicist, a Christian apologist, and a prominent old earth creationist, founder and president of Reasons to Believe. We need to take a break. But when we come back, Hugh, we can't let you escape without talking just a little bit about Pluto.
7: 101.5 WORD
3: Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. When the child of God is broken...
2: Our will is brought into submission to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we too give instant obedience to the one whom we call Savior and Lord.
3: Hear the series, Brokenness, the Way to Blessing. This week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley.
10: Tomorrow morning at 8 30 on 101.5 WORD. The team at MyPillow
5: is grateful for you. So grateful, they have an amazing offer. Buy one, get one on their incredible sheet sets. Mike Lindell has come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. He finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. His new Giza Dreams bed sheets are are made with this long staple cotton, and he guarantees they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can buy one, get one free by calling 800 391 Zero nine five four, and use promo code word for a limited time you can buy one get one free call 800-391-0954 or go
4: to mypillow.com but make sure to use the promo code word The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management.
13: My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt. And I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call.
4: If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496.
13: When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed. And I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity
4: will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
13: What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt.
4: Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. For your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy
0: them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion. Like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast, with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just $10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com slash word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just Good food.
5: If you revel in God's creation, especially as night falls and you look up at the sky and you see the splendor of the stars and the planets before us, you'll love Dr. Hugh Ross. Dr. Ross is the founder, the president of Reasons to Believe. And we've been talking about uh, Hugh's personal life as he is on the autism spectrum. But, Hugh, we want to turn our attention upwards to gaze, to think about what's happened in these past few days as the New Horizons uh, spacecraft has zoomed past Pluto. And in that zooming past has taken photographs that are absolutely beautiful. Uh, What are your impressions upon what's happened these last couple of days?
9: Well, that heart shape uh, that they found on the surface of Pluto is certainly quite stunning. Sure is. And I hear even more detailed photos are going to be uh, sent our way. It's already done the closest flyby, so the data is in. The next few days uh, we'll be able to see. To me, what's most interesting is the fact that, you know, Pluto is a a five-asteroid system. Pluto itself is an asteroid. And uh, so it's not really got bodies going around it. They're all going around a common center of mass. Uh, and it's the nearest of what are called the Kuiper Belt objects. Uh, so getting an idea of what's happening with Pluto and those uh, uh, asteroids that are associated with it, I think is going to give us some fresh insights on uh, one of the bigger uh, belts of asteroids and comets uh, in our planetary system, and maybe even be able to give us some further insight on how the gas giants developed. I mean, We already know our solar system started with five gas giants, and it's something called the Grand Tack, uh, where Jupiter and Saturn migrated towards the sun, stopped and reversed directions, and migrated outward, causing one of the gas giant planets to be kicked out of our solar system, and the other four to have circular orbits with just the right distances to make advanced life possible here on Earth. So Pluto may actually give us some more design evidence for how the entire solar system has been fine-tuned to make advanced life possible here on planet Earth.
6: Hugh, give us uh, some reference point. Um, It's hard for us in our finite minds to contemplate the distance between where we are and where New Horizons is at this point. Can you give us some way that we can figure it, frame it in our minds?
9: Well, it's roughly 3.5 to to 4 billion miles away. And uh, our planet is 93 million miles from the sun. So it's literally 40 times farther away from us than the Earth is uh, from the Sun. And New Horizons was launched when they still thought Pluto was a planet. We now recognize that we astronomers have grossly overestimated the size of Pluto. It, in fact, is six times smaller than our own moon. Uh, There are several moons that are bigger uh, than Pluto. And we've even found an asteroid in the Kuiper belt, the asteroid Eris, which is actually bigger than Pluto. So, yeah, it's a good thing we demoted it. Uh, But because Pluto is one of the closer Kuiper Belt objects, it does give us a window to explore the dynamics that we otherwise wouldn't be able to get.
5: In the whole journey of this New Horizons spacecraft, what I love so much is that years ago, I'm sure two decades ago, engineers sat down in a room and they charted the course for this construction of this this whole program to be put together, the spacecraft itself, the journey. And then uh, yesterday, they counted down the seconds as that spacecraft came to its closest approach to Pluto. I mean, you think about the power of man's mind and the revelation of to see God's creation up close for the first time. Those two things together, it's just really thrilling, isn't it?
9: It really is. It shows you the power of Newtonian mechanics that we can figure out how to get a spaceship to get this little tiny spot 4 billion miles away, yeah. uh, calculate the orbit, and realize it's really going to get there. Although it was a risk in the sense that this is the fastest spacecraft NASA's ever launched, it's moving a little more than 30,000 miles per hour. And because it's moving that fast, there was actually a fairly big risk that it would run into a little spick of dust that would destroy the spacecraft. Uh, But fortunately, it made it all the way to Pluto without running into a big enough speck of dust to to kill a craft. Uh, But that was a risk uh, that NASA took in sending it to Pluto.
6: Hugh, we started off this uh, hour talking about your place on the autism spectrum. And one of the things over the years uh, that we have gotten to know you and speak with you, one of the things that I have come to appreciate so much is that you, you look at things differently. When you talk about the natural world and you talk about what we know yeah. in the scriptures, you have a way of incorporating those things and understanding them as one story. Um, first off, can you talk a little bit about that? Is that, uh, is that a, a, a byproduct of you being on the autism spectrum? And then how does that, the way you see things, how does that cause you to look at New Horizons and what we know about Pluto?
9: Well, uh, you're right. It is part of being on the spectrum. My wife pointed out, Hugh, you seem to think everybody can integrate complex subjects from multiple disciplines uh, very easily. And I said, yeah, of course. And she said, no, that's not true. Uh, Normal people can't do that easily. So it's easy for me to take content of the 66 books of the Bible and integrate it in a constructive uh, doctrinal fashion. I can do that with dozens of different scientific disciplines. So that's kind of a special gift that God has given me. Uh, in fact, when I took an IQ test at age 16, I got zero on one part of the test, which was putting together uh, cartoon uh, you know, sections to tell a romantic story. And I remember the uh, psychologist testing me and said, do it over, do it over, do it over. I did it over four times every time I got it wrong. But then uh, she gave me a test. To kind of put things together, show how two things are related to one another, and she told me she was the only—I was the only one she ever tested that got a hundred percent. So that kind of told me I'm going to struggle with the romantic part of my life, but I'm going to have no trouble uh, integrating complex material <laughs> across the Book of Nature or the Book of Scripture.
6: I love that. Uh, so, so integrate a, in a New Horizons for us in our last few minutes. Um, yeah. What does it make you think about?
9: Well, what it makes me think about is, you know, God designed the whole universe for us human beings to live for a brief moment of time in a high civilized state. If he did that for the whole universe, uh, to be consistent, we'd expect to see that same pattern in our solar system. And what I've been able to do is read through the astronomical literature and recognize every planet in our solar system plays a critical role in making advanced life possible on planet Earth. And likewise, the five belts of asteroids and comets are all highly fine-tuned to make advanced life here possible on planet Earth. You know, and Pluto is part of one of those asteroid and comet belts. So I don't know about your family, but when we celebrate Thanksgiving, we thank God for Mercury, we thank God for Mars, we thank (laughs) God for Neptune, we thank God for the different asteroid belts, because without them, we wouldn't be able to enjoy our Thanksgiving dinner.
5: Outstanding. Hugh, you're working on a new book, right?
9: working on a new book, which is basically the history of Earth's geology, the history of Earth's life, and how both of them have to be synergistically fine-tuned and engineered with one another over the entire history of the Earth to open up a 9,000-year-long window of time in which we human beings can exist at a population level in the billions with the technology we need to get the good news of salvation through Jesus Christ to all the people groups of the world. And we talk about climate stability. The truth is we've only had extreme climate stability for the past 9,000 years of Earth's history, and God wants us to use that climate stability to fulfill the purpose for why he created us.
5: Hugh, we're proud to call you a friend and a brother in Christ. As always, thank you so much for your time here with us today.
9: Oh, you're very welcome.
5: The pleasure is ours. Dr. Hugh Ross He is the founder, the president of Reasons to Believe, an astrophysicist, and more information about Hugh and his his incredible work, The Ride Home, with John and Kathy on Facebook.
2: Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800 555 2085 Big Lou will find a Term Life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, or overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800 555 2085 Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 800- 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085.
7: I am doing it all. The water, the fiber, the exercise, but I still have constipation with belly pain, straining and bloating that keep coming back. My doctor said that I may have a chronic medical condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBS-C.
10: Linzess, linaclotide, is a prescription medication that treats adults with IBS with constipation. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6 and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor and learn more at Linzess.com. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS.
8: When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call ServiceMaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day.
14: The man, the yellow man.
8: This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand
14: the yellow van. Call Service Master.
2: If you haven't switched to Pure Talk USA, you're probably paying too much for your cell service. Pure Talk covers 99% of the country, and plans start at just $20 per line with no contract and a one-month risk-free guarantee. You've got nothing to lose. You can even keep your phone and your number. Get 50% off your first month when you call now. Just go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code off. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code half.
5: Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Love the conversation with Hugh Ross. Fascinating, isn't it? Hey, um, this past week, my wife, uh, she went away. She, she goes away uh, one week out of the year to go back to visit her sister in South Dakota. My, my wife grew up in Aberdeen, South Dakota. And uh, I'll tell you, if you've never been to South Dakota, it's a fascinating place. I re- I've really grown to love it all these many years that we've been married. We go back at least once a year. My wife goes back more than that. And um, both of her parents are gone, but her sister still lives. And her sister, Susan, is an amazing woman. Just, I'll tell you, what, what an incredible woman of faith. In short order, when my sister in law, Susan, was 21 years of age, now she's in her 60s now, when she was 21, she went totally blind. From childhood diabetes, I mean, gone. The year before that, she had married the love of her life, Dan, who they are still married. Now, if I could, if I could catalog the the ills and the surgeries and the the inhumanity that's happened to Susan, my sister-in-law, over these many decades, I mean, it's just incredible. But still. She survives. Still, she lives. Still, she thrives. And in no large part, I believe, to the dedication and the continued excellence of my brother-in-law, Dan. I mean, he is just – so many guys, when this would have happened, they would have packed up their bags and left. But Dan, I mean, this guy is like – he's a bulldog. He is on this par excellence. So really, I mean, when I I look at that marriage – and of course, they're childless because of the complications in Susan's diabetes and her blindness and whatnot. Meant, but what a marriage! I mean, what a, an incredible marriage these two have. All that to say that um, I want you to know. Of course, you know Friday's coming up and uh, it's Valentine's Day, and uh, the way that Dan loves his wife Susan, that's a Valentine every every day. But uh, you know, we've been talking about this for the past month or so about uh, Marty Simpson at Christ Church at Crow Farm. So you know what? Um, this is a really. Just give us a call. You know, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give away two pair of tickets right now. If you've been sitting on the fence about this, let me give you a pair of tickets. Uh, 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. You want to go and spend the night with your sweetheart, and sit in a room full of people and laugh. Quite honestly, I can think of few dates that are as good as that. Isn't it a wonderful thing to sit and talk and to laugh together? I don't know what your plans are for Valentine's Day, but we want to treat you. We want to give you free tickets. If two people call me, how about caller number uh, 6 and caller 7, 800-320-8255. And uh, go check out Marty, Marty Simpson at uh, Christ Church at Grove Farm. Of course, that's in Swickley. You want to get tickets for yourself if you didn't buy tickets yet and you don't win them here today, wordfm.com is the place to go. Uh, Really fairly inexpensive, and a great night out for you and your sweetie. So, yeah, I would uh, hope that you do that. And uh, you be a hero and come home and say, hey, man, we're going to go out and spend Valentine's Day together. I remember uh, growing up and uh, my dad, he'd always go, oh, Valentine's Day, that's amateur night. We do that all the time here at our house. You know, <laughs> we're not going to go out. And, of course, they would go out. But um, I don't know. I, I like Valentine's Day, don't you? We think about all the different days that we have for all the different things. It's good to be intentional. And, of course, that's the only time that you're you know extra special loving on your wife or extra special loving on your husband. You know that. That's not enough. But it's good to, to raise each other up, especially on that that day. So I would encourage you. And the uh, phone lines are jammed right now. So if you don't win, go anyway. I mean, it's really, hope you can find a way to go because it's not that expensive and just to go and sit and hang out—a very good thing. We've had Marty on the air; he's a funny guy, so promises to be an interesting night. Hey, um, I was looking—I you know, was talking at the top of the show about uh, about the news and prayer, but uh, somebody sent me a book called "Fair Jesus: The Gospels According to Italian Painters." And I don't know about you, now I grew up—I uh, grew up looking at. You know, just by the grace of God, we would have like you know these old books around with images of Jesus. Don't you love those? When you see artist interpretation of what Christ, you know, would imagine people look would look like, I love that so much. And especially when you go back to the old masters and you see the incredible, beautiful style and the handiwork of Jesus, whether Jesus in the tomb, Jesus on the cross, or you know, just do yourself a favor and, and Google. The Gospels according to Italian painters, and see some incredible images of Christ the Lord.
7: 101.5 W O R D F M Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart Tune in and at radio.com.
2: What's our news? I'm John Scott. The New Hampshire presidential primary is underway and will determine which candidates are stronger or weaker after Iowa's chaotic caucuses last week. The polls are open until 7 p.m. Eastern. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell says the U.S. economy is healthy, currently with steady growth and unemployment at a half-century low. He says the deadly virus in China is the principal risk to that outlook. The World Health Organization has convened a group of experts to fast-track promising tests, drugs, and vaccines to help slow the outbreak of the new virus that emerged in China. Experts say it could be months or even years before any approved treatments or vaccines are developed. Stocks finishing mixed today. The Dow was down fractionally. The Nasdaq gained 10 points and the S&P 500 up 5. This is SRN News.
4: The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management.
13: My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call.
4: If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976.
13: When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away.
4: Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy to manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands.
13: What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt.
4: Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. For
0: your next event, instead of worrying about catering to your guests, why not just enjoy them? The Cooked Goose Catering Company provides homemade satisfaction that puts you at ease, whatever the occasion, like their roast beef and stuffed chicken breast with mashed or roasted potatoes and green beans, just 10.95 a person. Visit cookedgoosecatering.com/word and see what's cooking. The Cooked Goose Catering Company, just Good food.
1: Shalom. Hi, I'm Abraham Sandler, Congregational Leader of Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. I've also had the joy of leading worship, especially Messianic Jewish worship, for many years. How would you like to go on a tour of Israel with me? We invite you to spend time with Jesus and his people in his land. You'll have time to hear teaching, worship, and pray at many significant locations throughout Israel, including some not on other tours. Early registration ends soon. To go to our website, rockofagesmjc.org, That's rockofagesmjc.org.
0: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. With over 50 professionally certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. It's happening. Wherever cupcakes are being frosted, songs are being recorded, and engines are being tuned, ADP is designing a better way to work. With industry-leading HR, talent, time, benefits, and payroll, more companies rely on ADP than any other HR partner. From small business to global enterprise, see how ADP can help you and your people achieve what you're working for at design.adp.com. ADP,
13: always designing for people.
12: Tonight, becoming partly cloudy with a low 28. Tomorrow, becoming cloudy with a bit of rain and sleet late in the afternoon with a high 39. Tomorrow night, rain with a low 33. Thursday, cloudy with a couple of rain or snow showers and a high of 38. And on Friday, times of clouds and sun with a couple of flurries and a high 21. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
2: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts,
5: John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today, the uh, Tuesday edition. Kathy's still not here. She's away. But um, we worked diligently ahead of time to uh, pre-record some of our favorite guests, so we'll, uh, we'll do some of those as the hour rolls on as well. Some really fascinating conversations. <laughs> If I do say so myself, <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I should say, a portion to the show. um What what I say, my <laughs> portion of the show have, portion of the show have been recorded. Uh, is that the legalese? Is that good enough? I think that's good enough, right? Oh, you're coming on. You, you say it.
10: I believe I believe that's correct. Okay, Portions thanks. of today's program, okay, have been pre-recorded.
5: Thank you so much. There you go for legal purposes. We want to settle all the corporate lawyers. Make sure that Absolutely. everyone's okay. Yeah. Hey, um. I dream. I dream vividly. And I don't know what that is. I count it as a blessing. I count it as a gift. Uh, I often dream, this is weird. um, Well, no. I often dream of flying. And uh, I remember years ago when I first started this thing where I would go, oh, I'm flying, that I would comment to myself while the dream was going on while I was flying. Now I dream so often about flying that I, I kind of am like in my dream, sort of winking at my sleeping self, knowing that I used to comment about it, but no, there's no need to do it anymore because it's become sort of run of the mill, which I love. So I was reading this thing today about uh, what are the most common nightmares that people have. Now, as part of the mix, I also occasionally have a nightmare. Boy, oh boy. I, what is that... I, I am not interested in dream interpretation. I'm not. And I know, I know a lot of people are because that's new agey to me and but I you know I obviously your mind is working while you're sleeping and it's probably t- telling you something. And of course biblically I mean holy smokes how many prophets have spoken through the word in their dreams, right? I mean that's but man uh, I've had dreams that have just been shocking and scary but also dreams of wonder and beauty. And I I don't think it makes a difference. You know, people say, well, did you eat something before you went to bed? Or, you know, did you have like a pickle or, you know, some chocolate or something? (laughs) I don't, I can't really track that. I I have a friend who uh, has been for decades, for decades. As soon as my friend wakes up in the morning, my friend has cataloged his dreams. He writes them down in a dream journal. And I don't even know what that means, but he swears by this. He says that he'll go back and look, you know, like at his dream books from 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and he'll remember a dream or read about a dream that he had, and he'll go, oh, that's what was going on. That, in my life, you know, the overlay of the dream was amplifying what was going on in my real life, which I don't even know if it's true or not. You know, of course, I guess if you went to, you know, Amazon or Barnes & Noble, you could find many, many. People have made careers of this, haven't they? I don't Anyway. I was just thinking about my dreams and about flying and that feeling of freedom and beauty. And I I just loved it so much. So I'm just chiming in here. (laughs) I got nothing else to talk about other than that dream. And I just wanted to pass it along. So curious about your dreams as well. If you catalog your dreams, if you tend to dream good dreams or nightmares more often than not. Hey, stick around. We got some great guests in this hour. You don't want to miss this. Plus, we're going to give away some tickets to date night, too. Usually, Marcia from the Spring House joins us every Friday at this time, but because Valentine's Day is coming up super fast, we thought now would be a good time to have Marcia come in to talk about Valentine's Day. Hey, Marcia, how are you?
15: Hi, John. Good. How are you doing?
5: I can't complain. Okay, so all the lovebirds gather at the Spring House. You've got something very special cooked up for them.
15: We do. This is a really special night for so we turn down the lights and bring out the candles and we serve everybody we have waitress service which is not our norm we're usually very casual so waitress service is a four-course meal it's our yummy reunion salad dressing with the balsamic honey dressing i mean salad with the balsamic honey dressing wedding soup of course for valentine's day Mm -hmm. and then you get a plate full of uh, grilled marinated flank steak that we uh, marinate with our special marinade and slice it down after we grill it and a Celebration Chicken Romano with a light cream sauce, um, steamed fresh green beans, pearls, cheesy potatoes, mm. and then uh, pink lemonade and coffee, our secret recipe, Bev's Brown Rolls, and then your choice of dessert. It is a big, yummy meal.
5: Fabulous. Okay, so it's this Friday?
15: Yes, it's this Friday, and we have three seatings stands. And we did this last year, and this worked great. Nobody had to wait in line. Lovely. Everybody had plenty of time. So it's 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 7 o'clock.
5: Nice.
14: Okay, so.
15: Call and so make reservations.
5: You should make reservations and call, right? Yes. Okay, so give us the phone number.
15: Sure. 724-228-3339.
5: Excellent. Hey, this sounds like a fabulous event. Congratulations, Marsha. Love is in the air at the Spring House this Friday. Don't be left out. Call right now for reservations.
7: WORD.
10: Why are more people getting
4: married later in life than ever before? Pastor J.P. Pakluda says the culture has made getting to know one another much more difficult.
16: I think we make it so much more difficult. Everybody's swiping right and swiping left. And what's happening is we're getting married later, and we're getting married less, and we're less happy in marriage. He talks more about that with us next
10: time on Family Life Today. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5, Word FM, WORD.
6: Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but I'll bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer because they know how to design the plans most of their clients save 30 to 60 percent which can add up to several thousand a year call todd at marley financial 724-884-1496 that's 724-884-1496 and on the web at marleyfg.com todd marley at marley financial 724-884-1496 at marleyfg.com founded in
0: 1794 Pittsburgh Theological Seminary prepares students for ministry in the way of Jesus. Rooted in the Reformed tradition and in relationship with Christ followers from other traditions, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary forms and equips people for ministries familiar and yet to unfold, communities present and yet to be gathered. The seminary offers Master of Divinity, Master of Arts, and Doctor of Ministry degrees, plus certificates. Financial assistance is available for full and half-time students who qualify. Learn more at pts.edu. If you're down in the valley, we invite you to come up a little higher. Join the conversation. The John and Kathy Show continues on 101.5 WORD.
6: It was a solemn day when about maybe 10 years after I graduated from college, I got a message that one of my college roommates had committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it wasn't a roommate that I had bonded with. It was someone who I'd shared rent with. Mm Do you know what I mean? Sure. Um, But we'd slept in the same room for a year.
5: Yeah. You hung out together.
6: Yeah, we hung out together. And um, to hear that, her life was ended in her early 30s. it Well, first off, it was incredibly sad. But second of all, it just made me sick, I think is the best word I can put to it. Have you ever had uh, someone close to you or someone that you knew victim of suicide? uh,
5: As a matter of fact, uh, not that long ago, uh, someone that I loved committed suicide. And uh, it affected our family and uh, a circle of friends uh, deeply. And I got to say, having gone to the funeral, she was a young woman in her early 30s. And you know how people always say, well, you know, there's some good that will come of this. It was one of these black events and probably the only time in my life where I thought there's no good that has come of this. Absolutely no good. The good thing is (laughs) now, the only good thing is that in the conversations that I had with people, family and friends after the fact is that what I discovered was that there is a, a big stigma still about suicide, but like you and myself, most of us, know and or loved someone who has killed themselves. Russ Crabtree is with us. Russ is in town next Wednesday at an event that is at the uh, Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, and it's titled Why Don't We Talk About It, Understanding and Preventing Suicide. And Russ is going to be in town from 830 A.M. to 330 P.M. as a uh, part of uh, an event as uh, part of uh, Samaritan Counseling Services, which we know and love here at the station. Russ, we welcome you to Word FM. How are you, sir?
17: I'm doing well. It's good to be with you.
5: Thank you.
6: Russ, talk about um, what you understand and what you've seen about this inability to have the conversation about suicide. Well,
17: first, I appreciate your um, talking about your personal experience, because that's what I find um, is surprising is when people begin to talk about this, how many folks have had to deal with uh... suicide at one in one way or another but you're right there's a tremendous stigma attached to suicide and it's hard for people to talk about and i think there are a number of reasons for that uh, one is i think people are afraid that if they talk about it they're going to put the idea in someone's head mm-hmm. um, which there's absolutely no research to support i think the other thing is people are uh, of the opinion that if somebody's thinking about suicide they want to keep that private to themselves and that actually is not true either. Uh, the, the the thing that we say to folks is you know, the minute you say, yes, I'm willing to talk about suicide, you solve the first greatest problem that people have that need to talk about suicide. And that's just finding somebody to talk to. So a lot of what I do in my work is just help people know how to have conversations with folks and potentially to save lives.
5: Mm-hmm. Russ, you're no know, stranger to this, uh, the darkness yourself. Would you mind sharing your story?
17: No, I'd be happy to. Um, I was in a situation that's not all that different than lots of people find themselves in, a point in my life where I was uh, in a profession that I was burned out in and really felt like I needed to um, go a different direction. But you get to the middle point of your life, and it's like, can I really make a change at this point? So I felt trapped. At the same time, I was going through a divorce, and uh, that meant I was uh, going through relationship issues that always attend to a marriage falling apart. Uh, And then that, of course, brought, there were legal issues, there were financial issues. I had creditors calling me on the phone. And when you start, when I started adding all of those things together, uh, I felt like it was just more than I can handle. And, you know, That's the thing about people who are thinking about suicide. It's not that they want to die. It's that they don't know how to live with what's Mm. in their life. And that's where I was. And so one day I found myself at a uh, gun counter to buy a gun to take my life and uh, instead uh, checked myself into a hospital emergency room Mm. and uh, called my children and began to, to take steps to... Keep myself alive that 's interesting
5: you know that distinction the uh, distinction you made it 's not that people don 't the people want to die, but they don 't know how to live with all the chaos that 's in their life I mean that to me is really a, a key issue um, Russ talk about social media and where we are right now and still the stigma the stigma of suicide right social media in some ways. Has emboldened people, I guess, in suicide, or maybe helped people who are reaching for connections to, to have a little, um, a little entryway into a conversation about why they should not kill themselves. Is that true?
17: I think that is true, and it's like any relationships we have, whether they're through uh, digital relationships or one-on-one, um, they can be protective. Uh, people suicide for lots of reasons, uh, but they basically come down to two. I learned this from David Litz, who was the head of the Suicide Prevention Program out of the Surgeon General's Office in the United States. He said, he said to me one day, you know, Russ, people suicide for lots of reasons, but it basically comes down to two, a loss of hope and a loss of social connection. Mm-hmm. And so anything that connects us to other people uh, in positive ways becomes protective uh, to our lives and, and helps... Uh, helps us in those moments of desperation not take that next step and go over into a behavior that will either injure or kill ourselves. Mm-hmm. But hope is also uh, necessary. And I think one of the things that happens with social media, if people or in, in any situation, but it can happen especially in social media, where people feel like things are being said about them, uh, things are being exposed about them, and they feel like they have no hope. They can never recover from that. Uh, then that puts them at greater risk. So it, it really is a mixture of those two. And the more that we can build positive relationships for people and help them have hope, uh, the more we're going to save lives. And, and by the way, that's why I tell my story. You asked me to tell my story yeah. is there aren't many stories out there of people who have kind of survived suicidal thinking, which is kind of interesting uh, because if uh, if, if somebody has had cancer and they survived that, people often want to hear that mm-hmm. story. Yes. Um, if somebody comes back, you know, wounded from the war, and they've learned how to cope uh, with an amputation, uh, you know, th- they've survived that. We want to hear that story. But if they come back from the war and they've gone through this dark period of suicidal thinking, they've survived that. We don't hear those stories uh, very much, and I think that's because of the stigma and people are afraid to tell those stories. So a part of what I'm about is just being open and transparent with my story. I call myself a second-day person because I went through the night. <laughs> hmm. I had the first day when suicide was the last thing on my mind, and uh, then I went through the night, and now I'm in my second day. And so I, I want to encourage the second-day people in the world to tell your story because we need those stories of hope. How do you actually get out of suicidal thinking?
13: Russ Crabtree will
6: be in town in Pittsburgh, April 14th at a seminar at Pittsburgh Theological Seminary, 8.30 a.m. until 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon. It's about learning to communicate about suicide, how churches can integrate these efforts, um, regular aspects of their ministries, how we can just talk about this issue and make it so that this is something that we can have a conversation about without the stigma. Pastors, counselors, public, welcome. Find us on Facebook for all, all the details. Um Russ, you mentioned that you're in the middle of your second day. Um, I love the fact that as you talk about it, I can recognize that there's a sense of freedom for you in being able to continually verbalize what you've gone through. Does that make it less scary? Um, less scary for me personally? Yeah.
17: Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think that, as in any thought process, it kind of – your brain begins to develop channels that are easier for you to go down once you've, you know, gone down them for a period of time. So I know that for myself, talking about this, building positive relationships, uh, maintaining a hopeful kind of attitude in my life with people that are positive, being able to have this kind of conversation with you is actually protective. Of, of myself, of my life, of my mental state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it takes a lot of the fear out of it just to be able to have this kind of conversation. Yeah.
5: Russ, can you speak to the people who are... The family, the friends, the people who are left behind, because I think, you know, that that scar, that wound is something that never goes away for people who have committed suicide. The shame and the guilt of the the parents of the spouses is something that runs so deep in people's lives. And I think for people, too, who are on the fringes of that, we don't know as a society how to interact with the survivors of suicide because we're all caught up in the stigma and the shame as well.
17: Well, that's a great point. And um, I tell the story about uh, going into a community in, in rural Ohio, and I was doing this work, and I stopped to get breakfast, and I, I met a woman, and actually was in a restaurant, and she saw my, my notebook, which said suicide talk on it, and she uh, pointed to it and put her finger on it, and she said, someone should do something about that. And I said, that's <laughs> exactly right, what, but tell me why you said that. And she said, because my My 13-year-old daughter killed herself two years ago, and I can't find anyone in this county who will talk with me. She said, people cross the street not to talk with me. And I said, I'll talk with you. Let's have breakfast. And she sat down with me, talked with me, and she was at a meeting that evening to uh, work with a group of people to help prevent suicide. So what's the lesson in that? First, you're exactly right. People who've lost someone to suicide Often are isolated in that process because of the shame and stigma that's attached to it, so finding places where they can talk um, and, and of course we 're encouraging uh, faith communities to be that but also there's there is a network of folks in, a, in an organization called survivors of suicide that I've found can be very helpful to people I so I think that's important but the other thing I found is you know when you began and, and, and talked about some is there some greater purpose or some good that can come out of this? If there's any, it's that I've seen a lot of people who've lost folks actually say, I need to now adopt a purpose in my life of helping prevent this from happening in other people's lives. And and some of the most wonderful people that I've worked with and and kind of champions of the work that uh, I'm trying to accomplish, along with the Pittsburgh Pastoral Institute, are those folks who have lost family members and who want to turn this into a mission of making sure this doesn't happen to somebody else. So you know, anything that we can do with folks that we know that have lost someone to suicide, family, friends, to reach out to them and say, you know, I'm I'm here, always ready to talk with you about that, I think is is good. And, and for those folks uh, to find those kinds of connections, those kinds of places like survivors of suicide, where you can... Uh, talk and find
5: support. Outstanding. We've got just a couple of minutes. Uh, Russ Crabtree is with us. Russ is in town next Wednesday at the Pittsburgh Theological Seminary from 8.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon for an event that includes pastors, counselors, and the public is welcome as well. $50 which includes a breakfast. It's sponsored by Samaritan Counseling Center, the Pittsburgh Pastoral Institute. For more information online at wordfm.com. This is highly recommended if you are connected with anybody who has uh, been through a suicide. But Russ, before you leave us, can you talk about this? You know, oftentimes the church, uh, up until recently, I would believe, was involved in that same shame and stigma cycle where, you know, some faith traditions believe that suicide was a grave sin, a murder against oneself. But can you talk about that from a Christian perspective, how the church looks at suicide now?
17: Well, I think there's been uh, a real shift. I know the Catholic churches is- um, made a shift in its understanding of of suicide, um, and uh, I would I would say a more compassionate view of it. I think that a number of us in faith communities are beginning to reexamine, uh, for example, our our sacred texts and to look at them in a different way. I mean, there's a wonderful passage in the Book of Acts where this Philippian jailer thinks that his the prisoners, it was Paul and, and, and uh, his uh, other apostles or disciples, um, had escaped. And he draws his sword to get ready to kill himself. And Paul says, do not harm yourself. We are all here. And I think and that really is the vision for what we're trying to accomplish is 20,000 congregations by 2020 to really begin to make this shift, to help people begin to have these conversations, to kind of rethink things from a, from a faith perspective. And I think folks are willing to do that. And, yet, and I know we only have a minute here or a few seconds left, but the thing that I want to impress on people is, and this is where I kind of always begin, if you can use the word suicide in a sentence, you can save a life.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Outstanding. Russ, we thank you for being with us today.
17: You're welcome. Thank you.
6: Across America, it's snoring season. Right now, 90 million Americans make this sound every night. Snoring can be caused by breathing through your mouth when you sleep. If you have a blocked or narrow nose, then you're more likely to open your mouth to breathe, causing snoring. Thankfully, there's mute. An ingenious Australian invention that could quiet the snoring season once and for all mute is a comfortable nasal breathing device
2: that sits inside the nose supporting your airway and keeping it open while you sleep you'll breathe more easily through your nose and snore less in fact in trials 75 percent of couples reported a reduction in snoring when using mute allowing them
6: both a better night's sleep put snoring season to bed america
0: available at walgreens cvs rite aid and other fine stores for more information go to Mutesnoring.com mute. Breathe more, smell less, sleep better. I had a great time this morning with my dentist.
8: She just made me feel so
0: comfortable. To patients of Dr. Megan Stock, she's more than a great dentist. She's an answer to prayer.
10: She makes you feel so calm.
0: Didn't
8: make me feel shameful about the condition of my teeth.
10: We just love to talk about the Lord and what's going on in our families.
8: I am confident that
6: when I'm finished, that I'm going to have a bright, beautiful smile, which I really wanted to have for a long time.
0: She does fabulous work. Perry Highway, Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
3: 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at SurroundPittsburgh.com. SurroundPittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers liberty mutual insurance company presents
11: and doug limu when we're not telling people that liberty mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need i've actually been moonlighting as a
12: dj check it here's the good part
1: Liberty, 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 Liberty.
11: Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. An adjustable bed can elevate your sleep experience and make everyday activities like reading and watching TV more comfortable. But not all adjustable beds are created equal. You need one that has the right features for you, along with the power and durability to provide comfort for years to come. At the original mattress factory, we recently improved the quality of our adjustable beds while making them even more affordable. And our new adjustable bases are designed to work with your existing wood, metal, or platform bed. Visit an original mattress factory location to elevate your sleep experience today.
7: Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app, at wordfm.com, iHeart, in and on radio.com. In the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
12: Tonight, becoming partly cloudy with a low 28. Tomorrow, becoming cloudy with a bit of rain and sleet late in the afternoon with a high 39. Tomorrow night, rain with a low 33. Thursday, cloudy with a couple of rain or snow showers and a high of 38. And on Friday, times of clouds and sun with a couple of flurries and a high 21. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick.
5: So we've invited John Westphal to join us back on the air once again. Uh, John is the founding pastor of Harbor Church. It's a congregation in the Pacific Northwest. He's pastor churches in Washington, California, Minnesota. He's got a brand new workout called, I Didn't Sign Up For This, Finding Hope When Everything Is Going Wrong. John, welcome back to Word FM. How you been?
16: Hey, I've been great. I'm looking forward to talking with you and Kathy today and having a good conversation.
14: Thank you.
6: John, you write in your book that you lived many years under the shadow of a great misunderstanding. You said that you believed that as soon as you got all your life together, as soon as you were successful, when you worked through your problems, when you fixed your issues, you resolved your conflicts, um, settled your relationship issues, met your goals, then your adventure of life would begin.
16: Was I the only one who had a long list like that? <laughs> 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 you know, I I did believe that, and I think I was told early on. You know, if if uh, if you accept Christ into your life, then uh, you know you're going to be happy and healthy and wealthy, and you know my room would be clean and the girls would like me and all that stuff. And that, none of it happened for me. So, um, but I did think if I could just get everything together, then I'm I'm ready to go. And, and then I, it dawned on me one day, you know, if I wait to get myself together, I'm never going anywhere. I'm never right. doing anything. It's
3: not going to happen. But,
16: yeah, it's just not going to happen because uh, I find new ways to mess up all along the way.
3: Yeah. So
5: how do you work through this, John? I mean, you know, as a, certainly as a pastor, you see people who are in the same boat with you. I mean, you tell stories about this. You talk about this, a couple who came to see you and you had officiated their wedding. Can you talk about that couple a little bit?
16: Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've done hundreds of weddings over the years, and and, uh, they had come in to see me. I'd married them back in the early days of my ministry, and it had been quite a while. And then they came back to see me. And we were talking and reminiscing, and they had the pictures about the wedding and stuff that reminded me of was there. And and then they started sharing about what had happened in the last few years, and it was one thing after another. Um, They lost a a child uh, in childbirth um they'd had some health issues uh, uh he'd lost his job and now they're facing maybe uh, having their home foreclosed on and was, uh, things were just going from bad to worse and 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 the husband right in the middle of it just went i didn't sign up for this huh. <laughs> this is not what i had in mind when you know, we stood up in front of you with a wedding and and I felt so sad for. Him. I thought, oh, I know. I mean, this has been really hard. And then I went over. Uh, actually, in the book I talked about, I, go, I went over my files because I kept files on all the people I did weddings for. And uh, and all of a sudden it hit me. I'm looking at their vows and I'm going, wait just a second. You should sign up for this. He said, you know, in sickness and in health, <laughs> and uh, richer and poorer, and in um, hard times and good times. And I went, this is exactly what you signed up for. And then they, we kind of laughed and they said. Uh, yeah well, we didn't think we'd get all the bad stuff. We just thought we'd get the good stuff yeah. and uh and that happens so much John and uh, you know uh, who, nobody wants everything to go wrong, but I'll tell you what it what it feels like sometimes and and if your listeners are in the middle of this, one thing happens then another then another and it just seems like you're on this spiral downhill and um how do you how do you live? How do you function when
6: that happens? I was just reading a uh, a Twitter post this morning. From uh, Beth Moore, who is a you know a well-known Christian leader and teacher, and uh, she talked about the last year of her life, how she's had kind of an identity crisis. And uh-huh. you know, anyone that you know has paid any attention to Beth Moore, it's hard to believe she would have a personality crisis or yeah. an identity I crisis know, she's of any so sort. Confident. Right? Exactly.
16: My wife, my wife loves her uh, uh, videotapes and, and and her programs and and she seems
6: so confident of course for sure and, of course but the problem is that the public beth moore is not the same as the private beth moore just like the public kathy yeah. emmons is not the same as the private kathy emmons what? and the public john is westfall they're, they're is not, not, not like the, the private same. john westfall
5: i'm pretty much the same
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: just saying <safe. laughs> <Somewhere to hide. laughs>
6: anyway when i was reading Beth's Beth's uh, post this morning mm-hmm. she was saying you know i've i've these are difficult times you know perhaps in my life life in the last years, I have trusted some people too much and mistrusted people I should have trusted and didn't. And so I feel like I used to have in my head you know, these are the good guys and these are the bad guys and then I realized that maybe a lot of that was bad judgment on my part putting people in those two categories and now that I feel like I've put people in the wrong two categories I'm not sure who I am because I used to have allies that I don't have anymore Mm -hmm. and now I'm kind of out here floundering around and you know when I was reading your book You know, talking about sitting down with two friends from your church at a coffee shop, and suddenly they look at you and say, "Some people aren't happy about the direction you're leading the church."
16: Yeah, I I was out. Boom, and it it wrecked my life at the the time. I thought my life was over. I I thought this is what it feels like to get assassinated, (laughs) or something. You know, and uh, and and I really thought my life was pretty much over. And then I had to um, figure out, okay, wait, um, maybe God's not finished um, with me yet. And my idea of what my life is going to be um, is go through some radical changing. And it was hard for me to accept the fact that even, you know, my life's good. I'm blessed. Um, uh, I've got a lot going. And and I go, yeah, but it wasn't what I thought it would be, you know. It wasn't what I'd hoped it would be. And, And I go, it's different. But that doesn't mean it's not meaningful and it's not valuable. I'm grateful.
6: Okay, so how long ago was that, John? It was
16: a few years ago. So Um, when you feels like it feels like today. (laughs) Yeah,
6: I I guess that's I guess that's my question because when you said you felt like your life was over, you know that was your career that I'm sure you had poured yourself into. I know how pastors are. It's not like it's a nine to five job that you go home and forget about. Talk about that process you went through. I mean, now you're looking out at it hindsight, and you say, "Oh no, but God had all these other things in mind." At the time, you probably weren't thinking of all these great things God had in mind.
16: I was, I was, I was devastated, and and part of it was, uh, for both my wife and I, we suddenly realized we had no idea who our friends were, hmm. and uh, we, people we thought were friends turns out no, uh, and people that we didn't know uh, cared for us actually because demonstrated being very caring so what beth moore is writing about is was very true in my life but but you know as a, a pastor i'd been in a series of churches uh a, i don't think any of them had less than two thousand people in them and uh so uh it was a big part of our world was what was happening in each of the churches and, and so when when i got suddenly uh assassinated i uh i went um
12: who am I now,
16: <laughs> you know, first of all, uh, the identity that, that Beth was mentioning. But also, we lost our income, so
14: mm. uh, we ended up uh, losing our home. And, oh, my gosh.
16: Uh, and we lost our friends, and we lost our church, and we lost our community. And um, and then when we did get to a point where we thought, well, maybe we can get a new home, then we found out, no, our credit was destroyed through all of that, too, so that we had to wait... Uh, to build that it was like every single prop in my life has been knocked out from under me yeah and i was about to, become a bitter old, to tell you the truth um i was, it was like i didn't trust anybody i didn't want to i didn't want to get close to anybody i didn't want to get involved in anything. and and i found myself getting making my world smaller and, and becoming uh, kind of bitter yeah so i had to go through a uh Kind of a self, <laughs> self changing uh, discipline. I'll, I had to force myself to be almost willfully, violently grateful. Hmm. I, I had to learn how to be thankful for, from the beginning.
5: Willfully, violently grateful. Hmm. Yeah.
16: That, yeah, violently I, I, I'd have to slap myself upside the head and go find something to be thankful for. And I, I literally, uh, kind of pushed that, and I would like, I'd, I'd have to sit at my desk, okay, you're not getting up from the desk until you write one thank you letter today to somebody, you know. it's really good. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, um, but uh, gradually, gradually, it didn't happen suddenly, but gradually, I started realizing I am becoming thankful. And um, people would ask me, hey, John, how you doing? And i go, I'm grateful. I'm blessed. And, and I meant it. Yeah. Uh it's just that in the midst of when everything's going wrong it doesn't it it's hard to even see anything good.
5: So in some ways John is is that the the secret, the key to happiness that despite all the trail the, the trials and the tribulations, all the sadness, all the cynicism, all the anger, all the deceit that if you can find one thing in your life to be grateful about, it's the beginning of coming into to some sort of unity back to where you need to be.
16: Wow, you said that very eloquently. <laughs> Good job, John. I hope it is the way you said it. I, I want to believe that. Um, you lived it, John. I, I think that I do think, and if you look at the Bible all the way through, you know, pray with thanksgiving and uh, thankful you present come into worship thankful. And uh, I think that there's something in that that's that, uh, very powerful because it takes – when we're thankful, when we can express gratitude – uh, even for little things, um, it suddenly takes our focus off of ourselves and our issues, and it helps us see a little glimmer of light that there's hope, and then that will build and build and build and grow
5: and grow. Excellent. Hey, John, we need to take a quick break. Can you stay with us for a little bit? Sure. Oh, fabulous. John Westfall's is with us. I didn't sign up for this. Finding hope when everything is going wrong. We'll be back in just a, just a few minutes.
7: 101.5 WORD. <laughs>
10: You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you.
14: I can your number one fan
10: that's why we've developed the Word FM fan club. It's free to join and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts, freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com/fanclub and
3: sign up. We're big fans. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne
7: and I'm Danica Bourne
3: and, and we're, we're the,
1: the owners, owners of South Coast, Coast Tax. Tax.
7: We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach.
3: South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number.
13: Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for
7: in order to allow you a fresh start.
3: Proverbs 1522 says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is one 800 tax
5: Mere Exterior Replacement Company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and... One of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com.
8: When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day.
14: The man, the yellow man. Master.
8: This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh.
14: The van. Call Service
5: hey, welcome back. John Westfall is with us. He's talking about his brand new work called, I didn't sign up for this, finding hope when everything is going wrong.
6: So I really appreciated John your story about yourself because as much as we talk about theory, the thing that changes us is when we hear someone else's story. That's just how it is. Yeah. It's how we are. Um, there's, there's and and that. and hearing you and having talked to you and recognizing that you you are in a good like you're you're good. You're it's not that you're living a perfect life, but that truly God has sustained you. And so from that day when you found out that your job was over and then all the cascading things that happened after that with the friends loss of your finances. home and the friends and the finances and all of those sorts of things, that even though those seemed extremely dark at that moment, if you would have known the future and known how faithful God was going to be, maybe it would have changed how you felt at that moment. I guess what I'm saying is how do we, how do we recognize that we, we can have faith for the future?
16: Well, that's a great, great question. Kathy. See, Kathy, you and John are the best interviewers by the oh, way. You're very yeah, sweet. Um but um you know, um I I wanted to know everything in advance. Like I could I feel like I could go through pain if I knew how long it was gonna last. Exactly. If, if somebody said, Okay, this is gonna last for a month, okay. I I can go through that. But it's the not knowing and is this going is this all there is? Is is this um is my life over is um Will this pain never end and only of that it's really difficult to go forward and that's when our hope starts to dry up um, the problem is here, okay here's what the real issue is if we knew we wouldn't need faith
14: hmm.
16: you know we're yeah. supposed to we're supposed to step out and follow Jesus uh, by faith. But I don't want that. I want to follow him by certainty. <laughs> yeah. you know. And uh, and so I would end up uh, basically being in control of my own life, and I wouldn't need faith. Um, and so there is this, this uh, tension of, you know, we're going to have to go through stuff. But I want to tell your listeners, from personal experience, you may feel like this will never change what you're going through, the hard thing or the painful thing, what you're in. It may never change. But I need to tell you, it will change, yeah. and, it, and it will get better. And, um, now of course, if everything's great and you're celebrating and you think you're better than everybody, that will change, too. <laughs>
14: <See>? <laughs> yeah.
16: And so you're going have some rough road ahead. But but the, the point is we need to realize that God's not finished with us, and that's so important to know when the bottom drops out.
5: Yeah. So, John, through all these, this whole arc of these trials and travails, yeah. there's you and your wife yeah. and your faith. I mean, yeah. the three of you on this road. So now, in some ways, the, the dust has settled. How are things for you?
16: Well, it's, um, it's we're actually really blessed. Um, the, um, it wasn't easy for Eileen, my wife, um, for for a, a long time. When we were in the worst of it, she was like, look at me, going, why did you wreck our life? What did you do to wreck our life? And I'm going, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, you <laughs> know. Um, and so that that took some work uh, going back through that um we, we we went we did go to a marriage counselor uh, for a while and work through some of those things to so get them all out on the table and deal with them um we have a we have a son who's severely mentally ill and so uh that's that doesn't go away but yeah. but we keep being hopeful as we go through it you know he's a great great person um And anybody who has disabled children knows uh, you love them anyway. You love through it. Um, So there's still issues and things, but um, it's funny how I feel like... Okay, so I'll give you an example. We started this little church in the Northwest, uh, and um, it's kind of a church for people who don't want to go to church anymore, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And so, uh, anyway, but um, I was driving in one Sunday, and I was going to preach, and, and I was grousing uh, to the Lord. You never do that? Um, yeah. You guys probably don't. No, 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 we <laughs> do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you
5: know,
6: yeah, you're right. right. We've we're never considered teams. something like that. We
5: do it most of the time between yeah. four and yeah. six.
16: <laughs> you know, I mean, it's really different preaching in front of uh, 1,200 people on a Sunday or preaching in front of, uh, you know, 30. It's a different deal. Yeah. And I was going, you know, how come I'm not like I used to be? And it was like God smacked me across the, the nose and said, Westfall, you're doing the same thing that you used to do before. You're you're getting up and and uh, preaching the Word, and you're caring for people, and you're meeting them for coffee at Starbucks, and you're hearing their stories, and you're sharing about Jesus, and praying for them, and you're doing the same thing. It's just in a smaller setting. And I went, I am, aren't I? Oh, huh. isn't that weird? And, uh, and I think part of it is letting go of um, our picture in our head of what life's supposed to be, but Um, I want to bring up something Kathy had mentioned before the break, and that is the the difficulty of trusting people.
14: Mm -hmm.
16: Um, I I used to believe that if I could just learn to trust people more and love God better, then I'd really have it together. And a friend of mine really corrected me and went, John, you've got it totally backwards. The Bible never tells us to trust people, Mm -hmm. ever. And what we're supposed to do is love people and trust God. But I was Mm -hmm. trying to do
14: the opposite. Mm, Interesting.
16: And uh, and so um, once I realized that, I went, you know, even if I'm vulnerable, even if I open up, uh, people could still hurt me. And they probably will. And I'm not surprised when something happens like that. But I've stopped trying to say, no, no, people are good. They're going to treat me right. (laughs) I go, you know, they, they may hurt. But I'm still choosing to be healthy. and and still
5: be vulnerable that's good well john it's always a pleasure to speak with you really enjoy it we appreciate your honesty and your transparency your your heartbreak and your sorrows i mean it's an encouragement not only to kath and myself and i'm sure to those people in the audience as well to think well you know things aren't always perfect but i'm here and i've got relationship and uh, the lord is still on the throne we have
16: things to be thankful for if we look yeah
5: that's really really good Thanks, John.
16: You guys are great. I always love uh, talking with you. You're, you're fabulous interviewers, and uh, I really enjoyed this afternoon.
5: You're very kind, Thank John. You. Always welcome. John Westfall, his brand new work is called I Didn't Sign Up for This, Finding Hope When Everything is Going Wrong. John Westfall.
15: I love you, a bushel and a peck, a bushel and a peck, and a hug around the neck. Hi there, it's me, Marcia at the Spring House. Don't you just love an old-fashioned love song like that? We sure do love old-fashioned at the Spring House, too. Old-fashioned values, well-loved antiques, and old-time family recipes. So that's exactly what we'll be cooking for you and your sweetheart on the upcoming Valentine's Day Sweetheart Dinner grilled marinated flank steak celebration chicken romano pearls cheesy potatoes buttered steamed green beans reunion salad your choice of a from scratch dessert bev's brown rolls and pink lemonade How's that sound for old-fashioned goodness? We'll light the candles and serve you on China as you enjoy live music by beloved local musician Bob Potish. Call 724-228-3339 to reserve your seat or go to springhousemarket.com
1: for details. Shalom. Hi, I'm Abraham Sandler, Congregational Leader of Rock of Ages Messianic Jewish Congregation. I've also had the joy of leading worship, especially Messianic Jewish worship, for many years. How would you like to go on a tour of Israel with me we invite you to spend time with jesus and his people in his land you'll have time to hear teaching worship and pray at many significant locations throughout israel including some not on other tours early registration ends soon to go to our website rockofagesmjc.org that's rockofagesmjc.org
0: wake up and text text and eat Mm -hmm. text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever
14: hi
7: Oh, hey.
0: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. At Circle K, a dollar can get you the freshest cup of coffee in the world. Every cup is ground fresh, right when you want it. So for a split second, your cup is the freshest on earth. Every cup ground fresh, starting at a dollar at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations.
6: I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me.
0: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com.
10: Remember when you were
5: a kid and your parents would argue? I mean, I think, you know, right? Of course, even the best marriages, people fight. I remember, I remember you know, watching my mom and dad have this disagreement. And um, it was never, of course, you know, over the top or violent or anything like that. Although, of course, that, that does happen. But when you get as a kid, when you get to watch adults sort of work through the process, it can be scary. Isn't it? It can be scary and it's her shaking, quite honestly. I remember, you know, going into my bedroom thinking, oh my gosh, uh, I, I don't want to hear this and, you know, kind of hiding my little sister and I, we'd kind of hide. But then on the flip side of that, when you would see your parents, when they were like on top of the world and they were loving each other and they were laughing, was there a better feeling in the world? I loved that so much. I remember, I remember both of those deeply. Both of those memories. And thank goodness. The good far outweighs the bad. Really. They, they had a good marriage and they stuck it in there. Seven kids. And you know. I mean you know what it is to be married. If you're married you know what that's like. The stress. The money. The day to day. The back and forth. All that thing. I mean look, you look at your own marriage. I look at my own marriage. It's all that. And more. But it, it, it truly. More often than not. I love it so much; I wouldn't trade it for anything in the whole world. All that to say that uh, Valentine's Day is coming up, and uh, it is good to be with your wife. And of course, you know people say, "Oh, Valentine's Day—that's amateur night," and I get that, of course, right? It's just you know, hallmark mark on the calendar. But so what? Who cares? Here at Word FM, we've been promoting the um, Marty Simpson show. I can't wait. I'm looking forward more than anything to go out and sit next to my wife (laughs) and not have any cares and laugh, just laugh. And Marty's going to be up on stage and we've had Marty on the show. He's a funny guy. And I don't have to worry about, you know, someone swearing or someone ripping or it's and I'm sure just talking to Marty, it's not going to be some sort of rainbow and sunshine said either i mean marty's a funny guy but he's also a guy in the world but we're gonna laugh together and i look forward to that i really really do so i hope that you would take advantage of that and be part of the word fm date night christ church at grove farm this friday that's all and believe me i I got nothing you know i got no vested interest in this i'm not making any money on the show i just know that it's a funny thing and and i want to love my wife anyway all that to say, wordfm.com. Tickets are also available at the door. And I got a, I, you know what? I got two pair of tickets for you right now. Two pair. Caller number 9 and caller number 11. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. You want to go laugh? You want to go hang out with your wife or your husband and laugh and have a good time and love on each other? Then please, by all means, wordfm.com if you don't win the tickets. But right now, if you want to go, I can give away two pair. 800-320-8255. Hey, thanks as always for being along, enjoying this day, having Jesus in the middle of our lives. The struggles and trials of life, of course, they're real, right? Holy heck, it's hard to be alive. But I'm so grateful to have Christ in my life and my wife by my side. You have a great night. and God willing, we'll see you tomorrow.
4: The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.